Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So, a few health scares have caught the team off guard this week and in light of our collective ill health, we're not releasing a fresh episode, but we are taking you back to one of our favorite episodes from the archives, uh, which was released around this time last year, so from May 2022, where we speak about self-care and whether it is inherently selfish. So this week we're going to talk about something which has become a bit of a buzzword in the last decade. Um that is self care um conversations with the team have led us to wonder whether self care is actually something that is positive or has it actually evolved into being self serving so today what we're going to sit and discuss is whether self care is actually healing or is it inherently selfish so to start off with everyone state your position and which side you'll be arguing this is shishti your host i'm confused as always yeah I'm I'm not sure. I'll I'll argue both ways. Hi, this is Dorita and uh, I think yes it has become inherently selfish. Uh it didn't start out that way but I think now it is. Rohit, we are in complete agreement. Wow. <laughs> I actually love the radical sort of roots of self-care, but it's no longer that. So now I find it a very selfish endeavor the way we talk about it. for a lot of our listeners it might be jarring to hear that like we're saying that self care is inherently selfish right so i think let's just play a game to sort of tease apart where this idea comes from of even thinking that it's selfish right so let's talk about a few scenarios and talk about whether this is self care or being selfish so first of all what if you're consistently not answering phone calls from friends because it's emotionally draining for you is that self care or is that selfish i think if it's consistent then it becomes selfish and like i'm also completely guilty of this actually because i'm really bad at answering phone calls um and because there's a point when that 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 person is your friend and they're calling you because they need you and like there's an expectation in this friendship to reciprocate a little bit so but if you're always going to be like i'm going to do some self care and like i don't have the energy to engage then that's selfish and i'm completely guilty there's only so much that you can hide behind this sort of mantra of self care and after a while you're just an asshole by the way rohita i'm also that asshole with the phone calls like it's true it's true right but you can't call it let's call it what it is at the end of the day like you take it to an extreme and it's no longer about you know preserving your emotional energy that day it's that you just don't you're not being responsive to your friend's needs you're not being supportive wow i love how we're all saying that we do this but this is extremely selfish it's not self care okay what about um walking out of a professional commitment because it's made you extremely anxious or uh, extremely uncomfortable is that selfish or is that self care okay so with this one unless the professional commitment is exploitative in some way or it it's kind of like taking you for granted or inherently harmful in that sense then yeah just like walking out in the middle and unless of course you have an, like an emergency then then yeah walking out in the middle like if uh, there's a lot riding on you without um i don't know covering for your colleagues or people you are working with because like you're not working alone alone right like yeah but i think yeah there are selfish undertones to that 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, again, like I agree with your exceptions, right? If there's like something inherently harmful about the situation, that's different, right? But otherwise, you know, the sort of I'm I would prefer not to be here sentiment is one that <laughs> you know, if you listen to that, then that's not. I mean, that's not self care. But what if someone's going through a really terrible time or something's giving someone a lot of anxiety? I mean, I'm a bit conflicted about this one simply because this idea of professionalism is often like weaponized almost to like make people stick to doing things or something. And like it adds to a lot of guilt, right? Like sometimes you do need to just like leave something, but you're told that, hey, it's unprofessional or it's selfish. And so you need to stick on and you don't value yourself, which is or your own health, I think, which is at the core of what self-care is right so in this situation I do feel like it is self-care and it could be like in in situations of course like if it's something that you're consistently doing then you need to write like recognize a pattern and see what's wrong with it but I do think that it is self-care because you know what you're losing you know when you do it so I, I don't think you need the added guilt of like not being professional or being selfish because I think if people had an option I don't know if they'd do that like I mean if it wasn't honestly very bad do people really do that so yeah I kind of see what you mean about like the social anxiety like the anxiety and the professionalism being weaponized and all of that and um, actually yeah <laughs> this is making me think um, that when it comes to a workplace there are uh, power dynamics it depends honestly on where you are I think in that power dynamic that makes a difference um, and if you're on the lowest rungs and then you walk out it obviously means that you can't take it anymore uh, because the stakes of you walking out for yourself are much higher um, so if that happens then maybe that's not selfish but I don't know I'm just you've just made me think that's all <laughs> So there's an interesting example, like you're saying, it depends on the scenario. And I mean, I found the headline quite absurd, but basically in 2019, um, during the promotions for A Marriage Story, which is Noah Baumbach's fairly famous film uh, or Netflix film starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, Adam Driver supposedly walked out of it, not supposedly, Adam Driver walked out of an NPR radio show interview because they started playing a clip of him from the film where he's singing a song, like the ending of the film, and it makes him very anxious to watch himself perform. So a lot of people criticize that as being like unprofessional and selfish and all of that. And then there's a mic piece which says that Adam Driver walking out of his fresh air interview was an act of self-care. And there were also other people on Twitter who came to his defense, like, you know, other actors and stuff who, uh, who got retweeted quite widely and who said things like, like actor Tim Nicolai, right? He tweeted in his defense saying, I don't know if this makes sense to non-actor folk, but we do really experience incredible anxiety watching ourselves on film. Singing is even more personal. I completely get this. So it started like this whole debate around like self-care versus professionalism so first what I want to ask is like what do you think about like that context like is that selfish slash unprofessional or is that an act of self-care I think calling it self-care is a stretch <laughs> because <laughs> like he walked out because he was uncomfortable angry like I don't know we don't know why he did that but I think we really yeah. like to project on celeb celebrities 
to think that I, I don't know self it just like you yourself said the headline is just absurd right like it's an act of self-care come on you just walked out of an interview i mean i'm just eye rolling at this whole thing the whole thing is ridiculous but i don't like the idea of anxiety avoidance any kind of anxiety avoidance being framed as an act of self-care because especially actually now that we're talking about a professional context part of becoming better at something right and pushing through and challenging yourself is the very human feeling of anxiety because like what if i don't know how to do this what if i don't do that good of a job what if i go to this meeting and i fuck up what if i don't say the right thing and then actually pushing through that anxiety about your own abilities is what gets us to be better right and so like there's also a bit of conflation between what are good anxieties and what are bad anxieties what are, what are anxieties that we should feel that push us and what are anxieties that um that we need to avoid and protect ourselves from and not all anxiety is the same yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense and in fact there's a lot of culture critics and researchers who talk about this particular form of like what we are calling self care actually self coddling where you just it's it's really not um caring for yourself as much as it is and it actively harms you to do that like to coddle yourself so much and put and like there's this insistence on always being comfortable and not wanting to confront any kind of discomfort which is being framed as self care but like it just doesn't help you grow as a person but i think it's also about who can afford to engage in shitty behavior and call it self care and actually get away with it um Okay, let's think of another. Let's talk about another situation. I I I still can't get over this headline and this whole incident, but okay, need my brain to move on from this. What about spending like generous amounts of time on meditation, affirmations, skin care instead of with people? Is that self-care or is that selfish? It's not self-care. Uh I don't know if it's selfish or not but that is not self care and like you know people have like a lot of therapists have pointed out how these are kind of like empty rituals that we are being sold by media and pop culture and which actually make a lot of people's anxiety worse it feels it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy where you just spend so much time in your own head uh with with this whole with these self care routines that it increases your anxiety and then you just keep doing it more and more and more and like yeah like the piece that i worked on a piece on this and then a lot of therapists reiterated this that these rituals can actually just make you worse off and it's not actually self care so yeah so to me self care the notion of self care is not so prescriptive in the sense that just because somebody else says meditation is calming doesn't mean it works for me like i once tried one of those audio meditations for you know 10 minutes and it made me so anxious and angry that i had to stop it halfway through right so for me that does it, there's no prescription for what yeah. is self care i think self care is like a highly individualized set of choices about like 
can I, what can I manage in this moment, right? What is going to help me get a moment, a sort of restorative moment of peace so that I have the energy I need to overcome or do this, you know, next thing I need to do. But that is a very personal choice in the moment. It's not about, you know, a skincare routine you just saw on TikTok. So when I hear skincare, I actually feel like that's the pursuit of some beauty norm. Like, I don't know what that has to do with self-care. Yeah. And in fact, um, there's a therapist named Ipsita Chatterjee who told us for a piece uh, about this that, um, and this is her quote, in a collectivist culture, anxiety or depression is not an individual issue. They come from community-based issues, uh, marginalization, pet patriarchy, heteronormativity. And if you only say meditate, you stop them from accessing care. So like this whole idea that, that's proliferating about like this prescriptive of self-care it's actually harming more people than it helps and I don't even know if it helps those many people but this is all we're seeing on social media and yeah it's just pretty disturbing actually yep for sure okay let's move on to the next example which is like the last example in the game which is my personal favorite but what about leaving social media because you've been called out for something and you leave it saying that this is an act of self-care. I'm going off social media. This is this may or may not be based on real life events. Yeah, that's a, I mean, obviously it's avoiding accountability. It's not self-care. And that's the problem with this whole language of self, self-care. It just allows people to get away. And people as in like, very privileged people to get away with a lot of stuff and call it self-care. I mean, Trishti, when you first started the example and you said is like leaving social media an act of self-care, I was about to enthusiastically nod and say, absolutely, sounds excellent. Sounds like a good choice (laughs) for preserving your mental health. But the sort of act of leaving it, you know, in the middle of a kerfuffle because somebody's mad at you that feels like you're using, you know, the sort of shield of this self-care terminology to avoid accountability. I think talking about this idea of like how it plays out in real life and this, I, I think we've got, like we keep circling back to this idea of like individual versus collective and, you know, the radical idea of self-care, which we all say that we really like and we think it's important versus the way it's been co-opted now, right? So I think to kind of tease apart the difference, let's just play two very different clips um, on self-care and let's look at the difference between the two, right? So first, we're going to play a clip um, of Angela Davis talking about radical self-care. So Ruita, you want to just quickly introduce what the clip is about? Yeah, so the clip is about um, Angela Davis, of course. She's the she's a revolutionary activist, um, civil rights leader, um, feminist, etc. And she talks about how uh, self-care always has to be radical and community-oriented and also talks about her experience when she was in prison, she meditated and did yoga to, as self-preservation. Um, and so she talks about self-care in that context, uh, you know, how we can how we can use it to further our activism and be together. For a long time, activists um, did not necessarily think that it mattered uh, to um, take care of them, th- themselves in terms of what they eat, in terms of mental self 
uh, care, corporal self-care, spiritual self-care. I know that there were some people who emphasized it. I'm thinking about uh, one of the leaders of the Black Panther Party, Erica Huggins, who began to practice yoga and meditation in the 70s. And she encouraged many people, including Huey Newton and Bobby Zeal, to join that practice. I think they did a little bit of it, but I think our movement would have been very different had we understood the importance uh, of that kind of self-care. Personally, I started practicing yoga and meditation when I was in jail, um, but it was more of an individual practice. Uh, later, I had to recognize um, the importance of emphasizing the collective character of that work on the self. This next clip is by Oprah, who needs no introduction. And uh, she's talking to a group of students, I think at Stanford, uh, about how you should take care of yourself. I say to the, my girls all of the time that your real work is to figure out where your power base is and to work on the alignment of your personality your gifts that you have to give with the real reason why you're here. That's, that's the number one thing you have to do, is to work on yourself and to fill yourself up and keep your cup full, keep yourself full. Now, I used to be afraid of that. I used to be afraid, particularly from people who say, oh, she's, she's so full of herself, mm, she's so full of herself. And now I embrace it. I, I consider it a compliment that I am full of myself. Because yeah. you only when you're full, I'm full, I'm overflowing, my cup runneth over. I have so much, I have so much to offer and so much to give. And I am not afraid of honoring myself. You know, it's miraculous when you think about it. All right, so what are our thoughts on the two clips? Carla, you want to go with it? For our listeners, Carla had like a very animated, like, <laughs> laughing reaction. Was my eye roll audible? <laughs> Could you hear it over muted microphones? Okay, so I think that actually this, this, these two clips capture kind of the essence of what Rohita and I have been arguing, right? Which is that the roots of this term come they they came from activism right they came from social justice movements and they came from people whose entire lives entire waking moment was dedicated to like correcting injustices in the world and like fighting for everybody's rights right and the idea was that if you are going to give yourself so completely to a cause that this is what you spend your entire life doing and you might be imprisoned and you might be beaten and you might be you know your physical self your emotional self everything will be so consumed by this purpose, which is arguably like a higher purpose in some way. I don't mean that in a religious way, but a higher purpose in the sense that you're doing it for everybody, for society, for, for, you know, humankind, you have to make sure that you have the strength and the ability to fight that fight. Right. So you might need to pause and do things and take care of your own health and make sure that you are okay and you are healthy and you are ready to continue that fight. That makes perfect sense to me. But the second clip is sort of like the commercialization of this notion. And it becomes something much more thin and distilled and meaningless. 
Yeah, and you know, so two things stood out for me from the Angela Davis clip. The first one is something very innocuous that she said. She said something about eating, like eating well. And that was super, I don't know, poignant because we kind of lose sense of what it actually means to care for yourself and your body and your well-being, which is like food is a very big and essential part of it. And for people who don't have like, food security in the way that uh, some people do like even just eating to eating as self-care is is something that we just don't talk about in the in the instagram version of self-care it's never about like the the necessities that you need for living for survival uh, and then you know looking at what you can do beyond and i think that really captured the whole point about how self-care should actually be about self-actualization and realizing your potential and doing what it what you what it takes to pursue something after your survival is taken care of and the survival part is where the self-care comes in and not the stuff after that and the second thing that stood out for me was how like and in also what Carla was saying was how the stakes are so much higher for activists so when they when they indulge in self-care I mean it's just if you visualize it, there's a person doing yoga and meditation in jail. And then the kind of yoga and meditation that we're being sold now is like just really silent, still rooms with like Om in the background. And then like, it's like a yoga instructor just like whispering affirmations in the year and you pay, pay like like 7,000 rupees per class or something. Like con- the contrast is so stark, right? And the stakes are so much higher. So I really feel like... Um, there isn't, there's no excuse for many people to, who say that they need to do self-care and all of that. Like, what are you doing for your community that you feel like you can deserve this space, this extra space and this extra stuff uh, beyond survival? But, you know, I think this is where I disagree with the two of you because I feel like this idea, right, that we deserve self-care, like what have we done to deserve self-care? I think it's a very punishing attitude which we employ to the way that we look at our own worth and productivity. And in a capitalist world, actually, instead of looking at what should be aspirational for everyone, we end up saying, hey, look, these people do yoga in prison and look at how you do yoga for like 7,000 rupees a class or whatever. You know, so it's almost like the rhetoric which is used so often to say you should have the worst possible life, but not that you should have the right to a good life. And everybody has that right. And I think again, in a country like India, where there is so much emphasis especially for women and families on like sacrifice and doing things for others and not living for yourself the idea of self-care even outside of activist context is extremely radical in your example I think you said it yourself like for a lot of women the reality is that overwhelmingly they are the ones performing emotional labor for other people they overwhelmingly they are the ones who are sustaining other people so obviously in that situation self-care is radical because they are and to their detriment and to everyone's detriment like it's not a it's not a I'm, I'm not like trying to say that this is a good thing that's happening that women are taking on this shouldering this responsibility I'm saying that this is what is happening and in that situation of course I'm talking about uh, situations where it's extraneous and 
of course it's not easy to define and like what you said about uh, this whole idea of what have you done to deserve it i feel like not this might be this might sound a bit controversial and maybe even a bit authoritarian but then uh, i feel like everyone deserves a life of dignity but not a good life yet as in like what i mean to say is there is a fundamental responsibility to also be accountable and responsible for a larger community that everyone has i feel and if you're not fulfilling that responsibility and if you're constantly self optimizing and constantly just all about yourself it can be selfish and it is inherently selfish i think and i mean there is a point where there is a good life and then there is a luxurious life right like so i'm not i i don't think that i mean in a utopian society yeah everyone is everyone deserves luxury but like luxury comes after certain basic necessities and when we don't have that yet so roita again like i i mean i also feel like it's not something that i have also come to a definitive conclusion about like what is a good life versus a luxurious life and what does it mean to be collective responsible to a community versus to yourself but i i feel like i see self care as like balancing the two out right like nothing exists in isolation so self care does not mean that at all times that you're just looking after yourself so just to because we're like speaking a bit it like it's a bit abstract now just to kind of bring in an example like can we talk about skin care because <laughs> sorry but i don't think skin care is a is a fundamental right but this is all we are seeing on social media like just skin care is kind of being reclaimed as some feminist uh act of caring for your skin and your i, I don't know it's just honestly baffling to me to see this being touted as feminist and radical and progressive and self preserving because i mean this to me kind of encapsulates this whole tension between like what i don't know like collective responsibility and collective care and like individual care because like this is an example of self care that it's just putting more money in the pockets of brands it feels to me like it's adding more stress and more pressure like so this is the other issue that i have with like self care the way you know the sort of social media version of self care is that it's actually super anxiety producing because there's like a you know a concrete number of like steps that you have to take and like you have to set aside 30 minutes to do this exact routine and then you have to buy all these products and then you have to have the presence of mind that day to like follow the sequence of steps and then I also think like these two clips like I was just thinking as you were speaking I feel like self care um is is a legitimate terminology only when we're speaking about people like Angela Davis and people like who you know are doing stuff like that because w- what we are speaking about I don't think should be called self care at all it's it's just life you know you when you're when you're unhappy or stressed out you take a break you do something else that's just life that's just going through the motions of being a human being i like it's just disturbing to me now that i think about it that we have to call it something and then advocate for it and then sell it and then buy it and then it's just yeah i, I don't know so i feel like we should just stop calling these things also self care it's just life 
you know you have to take care of yourself it's not self care i don't know i kind of understand that sentiment though like it should be the default state of affairs and it shouldn't be i mean because and i think it's reached that point right like where radical ideas have become so overused and misused that you're like you know what like don't stop using these terms and just like do what you have to to like live life and like cope with how you live life because these have become kind of counterproductive and counter intuitive like both of you have been saying um i also wonder one thing i mean to sort of go against my own stance in this whole thing which has clearly been shifting here and there but sometimes the idea of self care itself can maybe detract from the main issue right like why is it that people turn to self care like why is it that it's becoming such a like motto to sell like many different things because it tells you something about like modern day life right like in about hyper consumerism alienation a loneliness pandemic you know a lot of different things where people are which is leading to us wanting to claim or wanting to say that you know such and such act is an act of self care i also feel like it takes away from actually thinking about those problems and seeing where the solution lies and this is the point that you know rohita you brought up when prepping for the podcast so i don't know i found that extremely powerful yeah you know shashi i actually <laughs> this may sound like contrary to my own position also but um i i also do recognize that the reason why self care is so popular and has become like an industry unto itself is because people seek it right and why are so many people seeking it because it's to cope with everything that you mentioned that like all of the the i don't know factors of modern life that's just making a lot of people a lot more people emotionally exhausted like how, as much as i have been ranting against this whole thing this whole podcast i i also don't blame any one individual i think on that note i don't know if we're leaving with those many definitive answers but to use a cliche definitely leaving with a lot of questions um and i think if if listeners and people can think about like what does it mean to actually indulge in self care which isn't selfish or which isn't inward looking and can actually be collective then maybe that's something that we can do that's something that i'll think about while meditating and lighting my candles <laughs> i actually don't light candles but yeah okay while meditating at home i'll think about this i don't meditate either it is basically don't do any self care Can I tell you what my self-care is? It's really weird. So all the emails from my kids' school which are like 20 a day, I just delete them without reading them. <laughs> I love that. It's really radical. <laughs> On that note, me none of the <laughs> teachers or anybody tuning in. listen to this podcast <laughs> okay all right see you again next time bye bye this podcast is brought to you by ts studios the production company that brings the swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films